and welcome to the Frozen Life Podcast. A podcast aimed at staying in touch with the PMLD community in the age of coronavirus. Hi everyone, I'm Amber Onak Gregory, one of the co-artistic directors of Frozen Light. And I'm Lucy Garland, the other artistic director of Frozen Light. And Frozen Light make multi-sensory theatre for audiences with profound and multiple learning disabilities, which we taught at theatres and art centres across the UK. This is the last interview episode we have on the Frozen Light podcast, which feels sad, but we have a epilogue episode coming out next week, so we won't talk about how sad we are until next week. <laughs> because that's what that's for. And we're really excited today to be interviewing Bedford and District Cerebral Palsy Society, BDCPS, as they are often known, are some of Frozen Light's regular audience members at Quarry Theatre at St. Luke's in Bedford. So we are thrilled to be speaking to them today. We'll just give Rose and Ellie a ring now. So hello and welcome to the Frozen Light podcast. Would you guys like to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about Bedford and District Cerebral Palsy Society? Okay, so I'm Rose. I'm the Children's Services Manager with um, Bedford and District Cerebral Palsy Society. We're a small charity that operates in Bedfordshire supporting young people with disabilities and their families. We've been going since 1954, so quite a long time now. And services have kind of developed as families have kind of told us what they need and what they want, and we try and put in kind of the right, right support for them. As I say, I'm the, I'm the Children's Services Manager. I've been there for 15 years, so I kind of look after the things that we do for, for children and young people. Hi, so, yeah, I'm Ellie. I've been with BDCPS again for uh, five years. Um, I did work there when I was at uni <laughs> and I've come back again so yeah they just draw you back in <laughs> so I'm the um, activities manager and I also do the social media and events coordination so many hats as we all do <laughs> and uh, we we love Bedford and District Cerebral Palsy Society you guys have been coming to our shows what, like since the beginning since I think the very beginning and we've seen some of your families like really grow up. So it's been so lovely. So we're really excited to have you on the podcast today. So thank you for coming. So what happened to BDCPS when lockdown began? And how did you stay in touch with families that you support during lockdown? Once we kind of got into lockdown, that meant that sadly our services, our direct contact services had to stop. Um, a lot of the families, the young people that we support have very complex needs, so a high proportion of them were, were kind of in that shielding category, so couldn't kind of have that, have that contact with, with us and their other support networks as well. So we tried to find other ways that we could step into, into that support. So uh, we did things like delivering food, medication, um, any other essentials or or kind of any other support that they kind of felt they needed you know one person's essential is is quite different from somebody else's just to kind of keep them keep them going really and it's a very kind of difficult difficult time for them and then we moved kind of some of our other services as we're doing kind of much more now as as we carry on through kind of the effects that that coronavirus is having 
um, to a kind of virtual, that kind of virtual contact. So some of our clubs of um, young people have met up online. So they, they love to see their friends that way because they're obviously missing all of their friends. We do games and activities and just kind of keep it fun and, and kind of give them a little bit of a break from, from that. At BDCPS, we do support the whole family. We think it's really, really important that the whole family is supported. So we do have activities that we have for parent carers as well. Not too far before kind of lockdown, we'd started a parent care choir, which was going really, really well. Um, parents were really, really enjoying coming along to that and getting, you know, getting a lot out of that. That has gone online. Um, that's gone virtual, so it is still working. It's not quite the same, but parents are still telling us that it is that that little bit of a break for them. It's, you know, some have said it's still the best part of their week. They laugh more then than they do kind of the rest of the week. And really lovely comments like that that kind of make, make you realise that even even that kind of virtual meetup in not quite the same way is still still making kind of a difference for them. We've also um, teamed up with um, another organisation, um, which is called Spectrum Arts, and they do activities um, for, for young people um, as well. They work with some of our young people, and we've had them into our play scheme in the past. So we've had Jade, who's absolutely amazing. She's come in and kind of done activities with our young people, really sensory-focused activities. Um, and she's been running online sessions during lockdown, and we've supported our families to have access to that. So we've, we know that Jade is amazing at what she does. So we kind of thought, well, let's not try and duplicate that. Or if we've got something amazing, go with it. So we've, we've kind of supported our families, paid for their sessions so they can access what, what Jade's doing. And she's doing some really lovely sensory movement and stories and, and yeah, lots of lovely activities with them. And we'll hopefully be coming into to our play scheme this summer. She is the one person because of the relationship that we've got, we've been able to work with her to, to kind of access our summer scheme. So yeah, it's a little bit different, but we're trying to kind of keep keep that contact, keep people connected so they don't feel isolated um, and do again what they need. So it's finding out from families what what works for them, what's going to help them, that what's going to make the difference. And that's what we try and try and do really. And we should just say that um, Jade has worked with Frozen Light before she was a performer with us. And um, yeah, we absolutely love Jade and we love Spectrum and we love what they're doing. So that's really exciting to hear that two organisations that we love are like working together. And it sounds like you've managed to continue with a lot of your activity, even in this really challenging time and, and, and also adapting what you do, which is really lovely to hear. We've heard so much in the podcast from guests who have felt really, really isolated during this time, particularly families who just feel forgotten. So I think that whole family approach is just so important and being able to continue an activity like doing the choir. And again, we've heard time and time again about how people are using music to get through this time. So that feels really, really important as well to have a community activity that also involves something like music that brings people so much love and joy. Um, it's really, really wonderful. Can you tell us a bit about some of the frustrations that your families might be experiencing during this time? In kind of what was normal times, they were already subject to incredible amounts of pressure through, through the amount of care and, and, and not being able to access particular activities. 
and obviously this has just you know escalated that and made it more more intense and 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 really kind of pushed pushed families further into that really so yeah it's just that kind of that this obviously is a really really difficult time for them and kind of think that in some ways it's kind of you know that we're we're all kind of experiencing that isolation of you know not being able to meet up with families and friends there's places that we now can't go we can't go out because there aren't toilets places that are open and that kind of thing and so for for us we're kind of just getting I think a brief glimpse into what it's like for for these families in kind of normal circumstances really you know we've only had to put up with this for a few months whereas these families have this is their life this kind of feeling of isolation and not being included yeah I think you're absolutely right about that and that's what we've heard time and time again on the podcast but one of the things we've always liked about um BDCPS is is that connection with families you know when you guys come and see our shows it's always with you know people young people always come with their families and not just like their mom it's like <laughs> mom dad brother sister we we can never fit everyone in we always have like siblings sitting on the floor and parents all around so it's really really lovely and it feels like an organization that not only connects the people the young people with disabilities but also their families and creates a really great support network and you can tell that through through what you guys are saying this year, you guys are running a summer play scheme, which, which is something that you do every year, but planning for this year, it must have been very different. What's the process been like and, and what do you expect the summer school to be like? As you say, very, very different this year. Um, it was, it's really been hit and miss, I think, the whole time, whether we were even going to run. And back in January, February, March even, we were saying, oh, in summer we'll do this. And we, we almost had summer planned. We had our trips planned. We had Harry Potter World booked, thinking it would just all go back to normal. Um, and alas, it didn't go back to normal. <laughs> but we, yeah, we just feel really lucky that we actually can run something and giving that the parents and the families that respite that they need so we've we've organized it in a very very safe way i think we've probably gone over and above in our safety measures um and we've got the bubbles so we've got two bubbles on site same team of staff same young people um obviously we couldn't offer the amount of spaces that we normally would we'd normally have around 30 on scheme a day plus all the family activities and things and obviously just that's not going to happen this year and it's just not safe to do so but we feel like what we're doing is better than having nothing in place and I think so many families are really looking forward to having that break and joining in on the on-site activities so yeah we're running for four weeks rather than a normal three this time so each bubble has two weeks on site each and then we're working with Jade from Spectrum Arts for that. She's helping us create a like a, a bit of a story in terms of this. We've got this idea of this, the storm and the, the rain and things, which is the COVID side of things that's come in. And then the rainbow and then at the end of the rainbow is the hopes and things. So we're incorporating that into a very BDCPS way into a story that's going to be filmed and hopefully shared and will include the families because of the virtual activities that will be running alongside it that enables families who just cannot attend um, some of the young people are far too vulnerable and at risk so they'll be able to join in with some of the activities we've got little home packs we're going to send to them 
and then a really big extensive virtual timetable um, so they'll film bits and hopefully put it all together and it will just show what we what we can do even in these circumstances so really interesting to hear that you were kind of doing a mixture of stuff in person and stuff online that's a model that we're actually looking at exploring for when we are able to tour again because i think i'm sure you must be in the same position but we want to make sure that we are able to create accessible activities for people who are able to come and looking for things to access but to make sure that the, those who are still shielding that they aren't left out due to their needs to have to have to shield so that's really interesting that that seems to be a model that's starting to come up and I wonder if that's something that we'll see in a lot more places. I was going to say I think kind of the virtual side of things was something that you kind of we almost felt kind of forced obviously the situation kind of almost forced us kind of into that but you just start to kind of recognize the benefits and and the reach that you can have through through kind of doing things that way and and yeah, just reach people that you perhaps wouldn't reach before. And as, as we said, we're a really small team. There's only kind of five of us that are on the permanent team. And we're obviously supported by a huge bank of amazing, amazing staff and volunteers. But in terms of our team, we're really, really small. So being able to offer things at different times and we don't have our own premises. So we're, we're constantly constricted sometimes by when we can run and gain the staff for it so actually the virtual thing just allows just allows you to expand kind of beyond that into to kind of different times and and reaching people that we wouldn't reach so in some ways it has been a really positive thing to kind of come from the way that we do our services so hopefully kind of going forwards it'll be very positive yeah and that's what we've been hearing from quite a few people you know there's a lot of times when people with quite complex health needs can't leave the house outside of covid and have been asking for this virtual stuff you know from before this so for everybody to have started thinking about what that is that's that's really brilliant and i think it can help make things accessible for people in the future bdcps have been frozen lights audience since our very first tour when we toured tunnels and actually um i think it's one of uh one of your guys who has all of our posters on their bedroom wall which you know is my ultimate claim to fame um <laughs> just had to put that out there but just wondering you've obviously taken this huge step to doing the summer place game do you have a plan or how do you plan to develop a plan on how you may be able to approach trips out safely in the future for example if we were able to tour to Quarry Theatre at St. Luke's. I mean, I guess I'm asking for any advice for what you might expect or what kind of steps do you think you would need to take to make sure that the trip is safe for the families that you support? I mean, I think, I kind of think that your shows already kind of lend themselves almost to that post kind of COVID, post kind of going out on trips and things because it is so it's so intimate and it's so individual so each person kind of has their own space and their own kind of interpretation of what what's going on within within the activity that you're creating so I mean something like that is just you know would be much more it's much easier for us to kind of think about how we could could take on something like going to see one of one of your shows I guess kind of getting out into the community and some of those activities are much 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 kind of harder really um, and will take 
a lot more planning and just much more consideration and, and just seeing how things things develop really. I think, as I said, you know, our kind of partnership with Jade that we have, it's working with people that we kind of know and can work with and trust to develop around our, our kind of young people's needs really and taking those sort of steps before we then just go out into to the more general community really that constant risk assessing isn't it that that's going to have to be be done more and more which is lovely load more paperwork for everybody to do um i suppose on on that note are there any changes that you hope will support people with pmld in the future influenced by this time in lockdown yeah it is very hard to kind of have a concept of how things are going to be really you know it it is very difficult to kind of you know we're very much at the moment thinking about the kind of here and now and how we support now and and obviously that will adapt as we as we kind of move forward I think as I said earlier it's kind of around some of those things that our parents are going through and some of those hopefully you know as I say that some of us have now got a little bit of empathy into what it feels to be feel so isolated and not have you know not be able to go places so hopefully some of that will translate into kind of more opportunities for for our young people because hopefully people will understand a little bit more that how difficult and how that impacts your your kind of whole life and your well-being if you if you are isolated and you can't go out and you can't see your friends and you can't go particular places that you know that hopefully that understanding will have some positive positive changes and i think that's been a that's been a theme that that's come through is that hopefully people will start to have some empathy because they've been in you know a lot of people with this covid have actually had to experience what it's like to feel quite isolated and unsupported and alone and that hopefully some of that empathy can pass on onto people's lived experience ellie have you got any thoughts on this one in terms of the whole thing it in general it's just it is that's it's been a bit scary and I think it is still quite scary for us and for everyone else and I think yeah it just makes you think about how how you can reach everybody and we we are all alone but we're alone and we're alone too but we're alone together if that makes sense and yeah and it is that what Rose said of just finding the ways to reach people and it's made us realize as well the families that perhaps aren't engaging in certain ways and how we can adapt and how we can include them you i think you guys answered it a bit before as well in your response about how you've adapted your own organization with that kind of mix of online activity and in-person activity as well in terms of how you've been able to reach more families in those ways as well and i think again that's something that's come up a few times with things like um people having the ability to have uh, medical appointments and things like that online. So again, you know, I think we're all very aware that online does not answer all our problems because everyone is kind of desperate to spend time together. However, it can reach some, some groups of people who would have found it harder before. I think there's some stuff around the kind of create, I've seen stuff about create creative activities as well that I, agree, I kind of agree with, you know, during kind of lockdown we've all kind of turned to to much more kind of creative activities and and the the benefits that that gives us so it's recognition i think again of of the value of those types of activities and the kind of things that obviously you guys 
do and the benefits that that has for people and for our young people as well so yeah they're kind of seen as as kind of nice to have as that kind of extra rather than I think now people are kind of appreciating more that it's it it is more important it does affect people's well-being and and their their kind of mental health to, to be able to access kind of arts and music and crafts and and these kinds of things so again for our young people a lot of some of you know some activities are out of reach for them so being able to access these sorts of creative activities is really really important for their for their well-being and their self-esteem and their confidence and and kind of helping them achieve their potential really so yeah hopefully people will see those sorts of activities as more important as well i hope so and i, and I think that's a really good point i think since it's not been there you know theater and live music people have really missed it and but that's what people have turned to and we've heard over and over again in this podcast like when we've said what's got you through and it's like music you know music craft creative activities and realizing how important that that is and i hope that that reflects in um how we support the arts to come out of this crisis i think in last week's episode we also had someone who'd got through it through film binge watching as well yeah absolutely and then we had wonderful stories about coronation street and all sorts so it's all i think it's all really really important and i'm really happy that you made that point race thank you well that's all our questions guys thank you so much and yeah and good luck with your summer program it sounds sounds it sounds really exciting did you want to tell the listeners where they can find you online yeah, so our website is um, just bdcps.charity and then our Facebook and social media tag is just at bdcps. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. So yeah, check us out. Yeah, do. And then you share loads of lovely things about all what you've been up to. So I'm excited to see pictures from your summer place. Yeah. And we will link all of those links onto our show notes so people can check them out there as well. Brilliant. Well, it's been lovely to see you and take care. Have fun on your summer play scheme. I can't wait to see the film and uh, hopefully we'll see you again soon. Thanks, Bye, guys. guys. Bye. Thank you. Well, thank you, Rose and Ellie, for coming on our final episode. It was really great to talk to you and catch up and find out everything that you guys have been up to. It's so exciting. I think that BDCPS are running a play scheme as of next week. So I'm really interested to see how that goes and to hear all about it. I absolutely loved the sound of their covid inspired sensory story about a storm in collaboration with jade cook of spectrum arts i mean that just sounded beautiful and actually explaining covid to explaining covid and exploring what it means to people can be a really really challenging thing so i think to be able to do it through the sensory exploration of a storm is such a wonderful idea and we are recording today on the 23rd of July, but this won't be going out for some weeks. So I think by the time this is airing, hopefully that video will be on their website and I will then link it on our show notes. Yeah, I'm excited to see that. I'm really excited to hear that they're working with the lovely Jade Cook at Frozen Like Friends. So that's, that's really exciting. I think what I really like is the point that Rose made at the end. And I think it's so true that the arts have really supported a lot of people through this and that's people with learning disabilities non-disabled people alike i think everybody has found comfort and solace 
in the arts, be that music, film, TV. I think that needs to be shouted about. We need to not only talk about the economic value of the arts, but we need to talk about what they do for people's well-being, for people's sense of self, for people's sense of community and sense of belonging. And I think that's really important and really important to ensure that we that we get that back, that people can continue to create and things can continue to happen, you know, not only recorded, but live. Completely. And yeah, and looking for, just looking forward to a time that hopefully we can do live performance again, but perhaps cross it with an online offer as well, like that they've been able to do at BDCPS. I think that's going to be the new normal for a while and it actually feels like it might be something that could hopefully work for people who are still shielding. I think the big takeaway for me is how do you, how do you stay in touch with people who then aren't able to now still access that summer camp or that theatre show when other people are able to do that so I think that's something that at Frozen Light we will be really interested in exploring further and probably something we should have explored before because I think there's a quite a lot of our audience who probably even before Covid couldn't come to the theatre for for various different reasons so I think it's actually really exciting that we're going to explore I'm not going to tell you what it is, but some sort of digital virtual offer which will accompany our tours. And we're really excited about that. So do keep your eyes peeled. So up next on the podcast is nobody. Oh, oh my God, as if you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Uh, but next week we will be having a rounding up episode where we will be looking back at uh, the time that we've had making the podcast and all the wonderful interviewees who we have met. So do still please tune in next week to catch our roundup. We hope you have enjoyed listening to everyone that we have interviewed. Uh, please do get in touch about the podcast. You can get us on info at frozenlighttheatre.com. And you can find the podcast on our website at www.frozenlighttheatre.com forward slash podcast. You can find us on all your usual podcast apps. Please do rate, review and subscribe. You can get us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash frozenlighttheatre on Twitter at Frozen Theatre and on Instagram at Frozen Light Theatre and on YouTube you can find us by searching Frozen Light. So I don't think this is the end of our podcast journey. I mean I'm not promising anything but um, I think that these conversations have been really really important to us and I hope they've been important to the people that we've interviewed and the people that listen and I think there's still a platform for sharing people's stories and it's really important to increase the visibility of our of our audience so maybe it's a different format maybe it's in a year's time i don't know but i don't feel like the frozen like podcast is done well on that note see you next time thanks for listening bye bye